I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We'll make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. You know, I got a lot of people saying, uh, uh, where was the show last week? Where was the show last week? I was in Las Vegas for a conference and I made it back from Vegas. That's, you know, that's important. I kind of forgot to tell you there wouldn't be an episode last week. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, But this week I'm back with renewed energy vigor excitement and lots and lots of caffeinated insanity well not really from caffeine though i've only had one cup today captain influence who's about to explode from the amount of glorious heinous folgers that he's been down in the basement drinking for about the last four hours by the way what happens in vegas well gets broadcast all over the real brian show let's rock it Yes, it is the real Brian show. All right. How is everybody? Good, good, good. My name is Captain Influence. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm here to influence each and every one of you to be the very best you that you can be. I'm doing this recording completely nude, and you can too. Uh, wow, you kind of almost sound like uh, Torg from Borderlands, if you've ever experienced him. And uh, he's the guy where his veins are popping out. And- uh, or, or Matt Foley, maybe. Maybe that's who you are. Boy, want. dude, that, that Folgers just drops, man. I was just on this cloud nine, and then boom. You know, if you were cloud drinking real one. coffee, you, you might not have that crash. Uh, real coffee. You need drink well, that real coffee. That was awesome while it lasted. It was great. Welcome. <laughs> How you doing, dude? I am good. You? I am possible. I was thinking about doing Russian Brian and Brian, so it'd be like, hello, my name is Brian. Like, oh, I'm Brian, too. Very good to meet you. You <laughs> handsome, good-looking man. Well, thank you. We actually look alike. Yes, that is, is that mango, is true. Mango Droplet would really appreciate that. <laughs> she loves when you do Russian Brian. <laughs> yeah, does she? Really? I think I think she was the one who was oh, going yeah. gaga over it on, that, on game night. Because we were doing like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Russian women, very beautiful, but large feet. You get kicked, you die. Forgive me, Anna, if I'm mixing you up with somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it was her. I don't know if she was going gaga over it as more if we were just laughing about it. Uh, Either way. Um, and by the way, I, I don't know if Russian women have big feet or not. I, that, that was offensive, Brian. No, it is very true. Oh, my gosh. Horrible. Horrible. I love Russian people, actually. They're so awesome. I like a lot of people, though. That's the thing. I just like people. I'm an extrovert. People are are my peeps. But hey, we're back. So I'm I'm only an extrovert when I'm really, really high on coffee. So, well, you're here. And so you must be an extrovert today. You pay me in chocolate and coffee. So you had me at the real Brian show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad we're back. So everyone knows I'm drinking Folgers. uh, Yeah. As usual. Yeah. I totally forgot to put up an announcement. I was like, crap. And I put it out in the Facebook group, but that does not represent everybody that listens. So some of you are going like, what in the name of Sir Isaac Newton or Sam Hill or whatever is going on around here? 
I'm sorry, man. But here's the deal. I was at a conference in Vegas and Daryl Darnell and I were there. And ironically, <laughs> this was pretty funny. We see the Troy Heinrichs, who's been on the show, by the way. And he said something about, you know, hey, here in Vegas, here's a selfie or whatever. And we're like, wait, you're in Vegas. We're in Vegas. Really? Where are you at? Well, we're in the Venetian. He's like, I'm in the Mirage right across the street, by the way. Sweet, dude. You know, we're on the 21st floor. I'm on the 21st floor. No way. This oh, is getting weird. We're like, well, we're on the far west end, you know, of the hall. He's like, I'm on the far east end. We literally looked out. Say, we could seriously. Yeah, we could. You know, I mean, I couldn't <laughs> see his room. You know, we were facing each other. Like, this is so That's crazy. Hilarious. So we got together and basically took yeah, Vegas by know. storm. Had oh, a good but time. you're not allowed to tell us because it was Vegas, right? Oh, don't worry. I've got a whole list of things I'll tell you about here in a minute. <laughs> Uh, but it was a good time. We were there for the Hexagon Global Conference, which is HXGN Live. Did this last year. I hosted a radio show, which is basically podcasts. And I also did some TV this year, which I've done video before, but I've never done like an official TV set. You know, the whole five, four, three, uh, you know, the uh, Wayne, the Wayne's World thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I started like, yes, it's Wayne's World. Totally. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I'm having fun. Good Lord. Not. How, it's <laughs> it so crazy good. how gaga we were for Wayne's world oh when it came gosh. out. And now when I watch it, it's like, how did I watch this? Yeah. It does not hold up. I'm it's sorry. It's still great though. It I, is in a way, but it doesn't hold up anymore. Call it's it just nostalgic. Like, oh, this is dumb. Yeah. If you've never seen <laughs> Wayne's world ever, it, yeah, it's not going to be a good thing to watch. But man, <laughs> or if, you if you're like me it. and saw the crap out of it when you were in high school. Yeah. And now it's just, uh, <laughs> well, the humor doesn't even, wah. it's not really even applicable anymore. That's what's funny. It is totally nineties humor. Yeah, I guess. Well, dude, what's new in your life, man? Well, let's see. I just got back from Fort Collins, uh, for oh, a week. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was a uh, cat sitting a diabetic cat. I learned how to prepare and grill trout, which dude. I've never liked trout before because yeah. of the floating ribs. It's fairly bony meat. Really, really, really tasty meat, but it, it, there's a lot of bones you have to contend with usually. But uh, I learned how to prep it as well as it can be prepped with fresh herbs and spices. And holy cow, I'm sold. I can't wait to catch trout and make it again. Dude. Here's what you do. You gut and clean the trout, right? That's Everybody knows that part. If do you have trout, the super bassomatic though? Never heard of it. You're, you can fillet a bass. Of- you, you can't, as far as I've been told, fillet a trout. And I, that makes sense. Well, uh, you need the wonder boner same. for that. The Wonder Boner. Oh, yeah, the Wonder Boner. Really? Have you ever seen really, that commercial? Brian? Yeah, they talk about that trout. You can actually, you know, debone a trout easily. I'm not kidding. This is a real thing, and they did a, a commercial on it. It's really bad. Should we post the, the link? Yeah, post the link. Okay. You may be able to debone a trout, quote unquote, air quotes here, but you're still going to leave behind floating ribs because they're floating. They don't come up with the spine. Anyway, you clean the trout, you have an open cavity, right? First of all, you you sprinkle that with garlic, salt, and pepper. Then you put fresh basil. I'm, I'm talking the stuff that's green out of the out of the plastic package at the store. So a sprig of fresh basil, a sprig of fresh thyme, and a sprig of fresh dill. Close it up, and then you same garlic, salt, and pepper the outside of the trout on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Before you close it up, you put a couple of pats of butter inside the cavity. Then you close it up, wrap it all in tinfoil, and grill it or bake it, whatever you want. We grilled it this last week. And I don't really know for how long. I, you kind of have to play it by ear. The good news is it's it's a little bit difficult to overcook it. Uh, there's a good window there. If you cook it completely, 
and you open that sucker up and you, you actually take the meat off of it from the outside. You don't open it up again. Well, you open it up to take the, to take the sprigs of spices out if you want. Mm-hmm. We didn't actually do that. The outer skin and scales, are, basically the scales are gone because the trout scales are really, really tiny. Yeah, yeah, true. The skin and, and scales have been so saturated with the herbs and spices that you just take a fork and you just kind of pull the meat right off the ribs and onto your plate. And it's just delectable. It tastes so good. You just have to be a little, a little careful when you, when you eat it. Sure. Eat it little bit by little bit so you don't have those floating ribs. Otherwise, you're always going to be fishing them out of your mouth and stuff. But that was my experience and I can't wait to do it again. Mm. Dude, I love they were fun to catch too. Yeah, I love fish and used to catch trout all the time, but I don't know if we did it quite that way. But it, yeah, we've we've had some good good fish in the past. But you know, when you do actually catch it fresh like that and then cook it in your own way, of course it's good, man. Beautiful. And every every single one of these trout that we caught, this was a month ago we caught them. They've been frozen since then, but uh, every single one of them was at least eighteen inches long, between eighteen and twenty three inches long. Nice. And so they were big fish. We caught them up in Casper, Wyoming, on the Upper North Platte. Nice. The the trout fishing there is really really lucrative. You're going to always catch fairly large fish up there. Nice. Um, they were big fish. They were tasty fish. Awesome, dude. Mm, it was good. awesome. Sounds good. So I'm telling you though, you've got to go watch the Wonder Boner, dude. Like seriously, this here it is. Ready? Uh, it's the Wonder Boner. <laughs> Uh, it's a real commercial. Oh, it's great. It's one of those things, you know, you'd, you'd see on infomercials and late night, you know, you buy it 1995. Wait, that was a real one. That was not a skit. No, that's a real, I thought it was a device. skit. No, 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 no. That's a real device. The Wonder boner is a real yep, device. It is. It debones wow. fish. The super bassomatic was a Dan Aykroyd <laughs> Saturday night live skit. So, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the links are in the show notes for both of those. So go check those out. They're fun. They're fun to watch. Oh, wow. That's great, man. Well, I, right. I'm really glad oh, you yeah, had a good time. Was I talking about this two weeks ago? I and mean, you know, I've talked about the heart palps and all that, but was I talking about the yeah. dizziness? Yes. Well, I mean, to me, where I don't remember if you did it on the show or not. Yeah, I was having all this weird dizziness, you know, I mean, it's still like, a sl- it's still here and there. It's not as bad, but I was kind of trying to figure out like, what's going on, man. What's really causing this. And of course, then the theories got thrown around, you know, well, it's probably your stress and your anxiety. Because I was under an extreme amount of stress for probably, what, two to three weeks leading up to this conference. One was going to be on TV, nervous about it, first time on that. You know, I mean, again, first time on the TV set, that is, not on video. I don't know why I was so nervous about it either. And then also just traveling, having some of these health, these, uh, health issues, which created more anxiety. And then, of course, there was a lot of last-minute prep stuff, which I just hate. It just creates too much stress. And I was trying to do three weeks worth of work into one week and stuff like that. A little too much. I think Sarah was saying this and I, you know, I was, I was thinking the same thing too, that it's like, when you get to Vegas, you'll be surprised if things don't just kind of go away health wise. And it really kind of did. I mean, like I still had a couple for different reasons than other people might have that happen. Oh yeah. No, yeah, that's true. (laughs) You weren't drinking and gambling and going to shows and stuff like that. No, I don't do any of that stuff. you You were working. Yeah. I was there to work. I mean, we worked for me, you know, I'm a night person, right? You're there starting at seven ish in the morning. That's just painful for me. I'm sorry. I don't care who. <laughs> That's just painful. And, and you I'm, had a good buffet breakfast, I hope. Well, they provided breakfast and lunch for us, which was wonderful. Oh. And then we went out for dinner. I'm doing what I love. I'm there. I'm performing slash interviewing slash hosting shows. And I'm an extrovert. I'm around people nonstop. I didn't have any alone time, which I just loved. I mean, it was the greatest thing ever. I didn't even want alone time. It was awesome. Seriously was doing what I loved all day. 
extremely satisfying exhaustion at the end of the day. You know, when you're just like so exhausted, but you're just like, ah, that, that was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I worked hard. I mean, we, we didn't really have time for play. You know, we just kind of worked the whole time, but it was interesting. I had a couple of heart palps a day. That was it. And the dizziness got better. The stress and the anxiety just disappeared. It was really weird how this all works. And I thought, okay, you know, and I know this, like you, you hear it, you know it. It's one thing to experience it when you realize the brain slash the mind is creating these problems. There are real health issues and there are health issues that we literally manifest in our brains and our minds. And then we're going like, I can't figure out what's wrong with me. I can't figure out what's wrong with me. Are you stressed? Are you anxious? Which exacerbates it. Yeah. You're probably causing it or you're, or yeah, or exacerbating it. Just like you said. But what if you're not? Well, then that's a totally different story. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. There's always that what if, because there are real health problems. And, oh yeah. And you, you never, you, it's, it's hard to tell whether you're, whether it's due to anxiety or whether it's an actual problem. So yeah, it's a vicious cycle. But I think that's what I'm trying to say is that I think people dismiss the stress, the anxiety, the borrowing trouble mentality, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're actually projecting the stuff onto your body and then your body reacts accordingly. So I Uh, think we dismiss that way too easily. But anyway, I mean, again, this is not news to me. This was just like interesting experiencing it. And this isn't the first time I've gone through it. But I'm what I need to figure out now is how do you manage stress when it's just that prevalent? It's just there. How do you manage it better? And I'm trying to figure that one out. Meditation. That doesn't work for me. So that was the other thing that uh, that's funny you bring that up, actually, because Sarah and I were (laughs) talking about this. She's like, you know, this idea of living in the moment, being mindful, meditating. Oh, my gosh, that caused more stress and anxiety for me. Because I'm alone with my thoughts. That's exactly my problem. I need to be with people, not thinking. Which is what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have time to think. I didn't have time to be, quote, with my thoughts. And guess what? Those thoughts just didn't exist. They went away. I mean, I I have my downtime. I need recharging, you know, by myself kind of thing. And that's fine. But most of the time, it's like when I'm with people, I'm just like, okay, that's, that's what I needed. I needed to be doing something that I'm good at, that I love, that I find joy in with people and it's like all that other stuff just tends to go away because I'm not thinking about it or like I need to be listening to a song, but that also goes back to, I need to be focusing on one thing at a time, which is what we all should be doing all of the time. Even if you have 25, you know, tasks on your plate for the day, you still really should only be focusing on one thing at a time. Yeah. That's one of the problems I have (laughs) at work is I'm constantly wanting to jump around on tasks. And I I had an employee under me, almost a decade now ago, wow. But she was really good at just focusing on doing one task at a time and she became, and she was really efficient at it. And I always yeah. envied her for that. Yeah. I, even though I know that's the, the way you're supposed to do things and I try and stop myself at work often, like, okay, don't, don't answer that email until you finish doing what you're doing. Or yeah. no, no, don't, don't open that drawing file until you finish what you're doing with this one. But I still do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just different people, man. Well, it was interesting because, you know, I was forced to focus, you know, right. when, when you're in a, a glass fishbowl booth, you know, radio booth where people are walking by and stuff and you're interviewing somebody, I, I can't check right. my phone, which I feel like that's the way it should be is that everybody should be focusing on their one task at a time. But when you're actually being watched, you can't check your phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was actually yeah. cool. And I realized like, even though I was working really hard, it was intense work. I was so peaceful. And it's like Good. when I'm home and I'm getting, you know, 45 notifications from different devices and different sources, it's like, ah, 
that that's where the stress comes. Yeah. So I, what is with anxiety in our society in the last 15, 20 years? It's, it's unreal. Yeah. Did it, I don't think it used to be that way. Did you ever, do you ever read, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but do you ever read old prose or news articles or whatever from any time before 1990 or even 2000 where people talked about anxiety attacks and stuff like that? Like, I mean, they're just so commonplace now. Oh, it um, used to be a lot less for sure. I mean, it happened, well, but it was nowhere near what it is today. A lot of people like to pawn that off on, on you know, social media and whatnot, but I wasn't on social media yet when I started having anxiety attacks, which are gone by now, which is weird. They, they came mm. and went over a few years. But like in 2008, I think I got on social media in 2010. In 2008, I was not on it yet, not on Facebook, not on anything. And just one day in October, one evening in October, I just started having my chest got tight and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Mm. And I drove myself to the hospital and they're like, no, you're okay, dude. You're just having a anxiety attack. I'm like, what? Why? I'm not stressed out or about, about anything. Hmm. There was zero reason for me to have anxiety. And I did. And it, I had to go on medication, which shut it off like a light. But before I figured out I needed to get on medication or whatever, uh, and why did it take me a month? That's a different story. But I would have to lay there in bed and just listen to music and try not, try not to have these weird attacks every yeah. single yeah. night. Every night with like clockwork, I'd have an yeah. anxiety attack after that first night. See, and I'm, I'm convinced that's what was going on for the past month for me were anxiety attacks because exactly huh. what you're describing is what I was dealing with, but it was all day. Wow. All the time. Well, I'm glad that's getting leveled out for you. Yeah. Well, I know part for me, part <laughs> of it was the here's what's coming, which is stupid. Right, of I mean, we shouldn't be worried. No, no, about that's that. not stupid. I, I well, totally understand. We shouldn't be, though. I mean, that. it is, but we shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Part of it is that there's the unexplained thing going on. Why are these heart palpitations going on? Nobody's explaining anything. Part, I mean, there. I could list off 25 to 30 different reasons why this was very likely causing it. But yeah, I knew this then. I know it now. It's the same thing. It should not matter. Circumstances should not dictate whether or not we have anxiety attacks. But it is what it is. So how do we deal with it? How do we manage it? How do we prevent it? Not everybody listening is having anxiety attacks. I know that, but I know a lot of people that have, you know, and it's, it's a, like you even said just a few minutes ago, it's a lot more prevalent today than it was years ago. So Crazy more and more, more people prevalent. I'm hearing have at least at one point in their life now had at least one anxiety attack, if not multiples. And I never used to hear that. You used to hear it from oh. like one or two people here and there. So it is an issue, but to answer your question, I don't know what causes them technically. I don't know. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience in the sake that, it really is my thoughts. It goes back to my thoughts. And I think I learned something very interestingly from this trip once again. And then I think Miss Ice is probably going to be one of the ones to be like, duh, you learn it every time. Like, cause she writes about this <laughs> stuff, you know, you keep learning it every time. And I'm like, I know, just, I know, I know, but just like, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just how, just like how it constantly surprises us, how people don't think what we thought was awesome. <laughs> exactly. It's awesome. Same thing that we exactly. talked about before. Yeah. <laughs> We just keep learning it and forgetting at the same time. It still fascinates me. Yeah. And I understand why it's easy to forget because to be fair, everybody does this, right? So you, you get out of your environment and all of a sudden you see things clearer than you do when you're in it. Yeah. That's pretty simple. My issue is this when I'm at home and I'm working probably at least 80% of my day every day is alone or introverted, which for me is not healthy as an extrovert. That is not a healthy thing. It is what it is. I get through the day, but then I realize that my tank consistently empties 
And so over time, I get to a point where I'm at like an empty tank and people keep wanting stuff from me and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm bone dry, but I don't realize it until eventually something snaps and I'm like, what the heck just happened? Oh, I've been alone 80% of my last, you know, three months. <laughs> well, that's why, like I'm an extrovert. I need, I need to be refueled with people and I'm not with people enough. So, you know, yeah. when I was at this con- normally too, when I'm at a conference, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to have a little alone time. That's pretty typical for me. Right. But this conference other than like taking a shower by myself, it's like there was no other really alone time. Daryl and I roomed together. It's like there were just consistent people around me for probably 99% of my day. And by the time I got to the end of the week, it's like, I don't want alone time. So I thought, man, I was really drained. (laughs) If I I was thinking that, you know what I mean? That was kind of an interesting realization for me. So first of all, I know I need extroverted time a lot more than normal. And that's something that I just need to figure out. Second of all, and I think this was a huge lesson. And this is something that I, I really want to drive into even the show a little bit is you hear that, you know, live in the moment and be mindful, practice mindfulness, meditation. I mean, you even brought it up yourself. You know, I need to do some meditation, a wise piece of advice. But I think I realized for me personally that meditation and mindfulness is still very important, but in, in, in the own way. So like being an extrovert, being alone with my thoughts quietly is not necessarily healthy for me. Now that may be yeah. perfect for, for a lot of people. What helped me the most was to literally, literally be present in the moment, focused on one thing. Brent. Yeah. I'm really sorry you had to shower alone. I know. And there was at one point where Daryl was like, hey, you know, this hotel's all about being eco-friendly and this shower's big (laughs) enough for two. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he was joking. We were, oh my gosh, we had a good time. I got to tell you, Daryl's a fun roommate. (laughs) We we really (laughs) laughed a lot. He's a great guy. It was definitely something where it was just, you know, you're in that present moment. You're focused on one person. You're living in the moment and all that. And it's like really the best you just emerges because you're not thinking about what's coming. You're not worried about what just happened. You're really only present in that one exact moment focused on one thing or one person. You're not checking your phone when somebody's talking to you. You're not worried about the text you're waiting. It's just right now, right here, pure peace, joy, I'm not kidding. The best me, the superhero that I already am, that each of us already is, by the way, just was there. I was smiling. I was joyful. And this is funny. Um, I was telling you this, Tony, before we, we got started, that when I was living in the moment, it's like I was just a happy person. And so I'm walking around. And and by the way, too, I was you know dressed nicely because we had to be for, for the thing, too. So that I know that helps. But I'm walking around and my eyes are bright and they're they're smiling and I'm smiling and I'm just joyful because I'm not burdened by what is coming or what was or more than one thing at a time. I'm just focused on one thing and people just like double taking and they're looking at me and they're smiling at me and I'm just going, what the crap is going on here? <laughs> what, what something I, on my back. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, do I look funny or something? Why is everybody so nice to me? Everybody's usually they don't even respond to me. They don't look at me. And then I also realized that because I was in that present moment, it's like, well, I was putting out exceptionally positive energy mm-hmm. and people, they, they sensed instinctively. it. Yeah, they, they instinctively, instinctively sensed it. Yes. They smelled it. They saw it. Whatever it is that we do. And we sense that in people. I think it's difficult for your average person to react negatively to someone who is exuding that type of positive energy. You know, just that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, their first instinct is to smile back at you mm-hmm. rather than to frown at you and go, what's wrong with, what's with that guy? Why is he so happy? Yeah. <laughs> well, we've talked about this on the show a lot. 
And you know, I've shared stories where people are just not very nice to me or they don't smile or they don't talk to me back or whatever. Very weird stories. Yeah, go ahead. Now, granted, that cardiology story was, I had no interaction with those people. <laughs> so there's so... there's nothing that I was doing one way or the <laughs> other to cause that because I didn't even interact with them. So that's a totally different story. But, you know, if I'm on the bike path or if I'm talking to, you know, saying hi to somebody at a coffee shop or whatever, I started to realize that, let's face it, if I'm alone 80 plus percent of the time, there's no way that I'm I'm the best of me. There's no way that I'm a superhero. If I am not living in the, the present moment and I'm focused on a thousand things or I'm late to something and I'm rushing around, there's no way I'm the best me. There's no way I'm a superhero. Or if I'm not taking time to nerd out, I mean, shoot, that's what we freaking do on this show. You know, if I'm not taking time to do oh, the yeah. things that I love or that other, you know, the Sarah and I love to do because we're so busy. There you go. I'm not a superhero. I'm not the best of me. Well, then no wonder people don't respond to me favorably because I've obviously got some kind of a black cloud over me that I can't see or notice because I'm caught up in my own crap. So I'm just going around thinking like, what's wrong with everyone else? Like, dude, the real Brian, you're the problem, man. Yeah, so, you you problem real Brian. You no longer real. You fake <laughs> Brian. You stupid Brian. So you're what it, we this, call. So this was a really positive life experience for you. This trip was, and now the question is, how do you carry that forward that and emulate it again and again and again? That is such a great question. Your wife does it all the time. I know. I emulate cho- Sarah. The obvious answer is I choose to because okay, she yeah. chooses to do it every day. She doesn't just do it naturally. Well, I mean, yes, but she chooses to. Oh, okay. So, and you know, something, something bad. Exactly. Exactly. It becomes a habit because she chooses every single day to be thankful, to have gratitude and to be that quote, positive energy, you know, go forward, do it right. Be yeah. the superhero. I mean, that's the obvious thing. If yeah. I choose to, for example, you know, we talk about, oh, I want to be, I want to unleash my superhero. And that was another thing I realized on the trip too, that unleashing our superhero well, that's a good thing, by the way. But if I say that I'm going to unleash my superhero, that's actually very negative. Granted, we're talk- we're getting down into the weeds here, but let's just you know analyze that for a second. If I'm going to unleash my superhero, then that is admitting that I am in a deficit, that I have a problem, and that I you know need to get better. Which you could spin it that way, yeah. No, I mean think about it. It's probably a very subconscious thing, and we're probably not even actively saying that, but. The reality is, is that I always feel less than I should be. And now take the other side of that, which is I choose to continue to be a superhero every single day. I choose to continue to better myself every minute of the day. Even if I mess up, say something stupid, have a little road rage, whatever, right? Fill in the blank. Do I correct myself quickly, change my behavior and learn from it? Or I guess that would be correct myself, learn from it, change my behavior then therefore I'm continuing to grow, continuing to learn, right? But if I say that, you know, okay, well, I, I, I need to go read, you know, uh, a book a month. I need to do more of this. I need to, people say that all the time, right? I need to sure. go work out more. I need to eat healthier. You, you get to, to work out more. You get to eat healthier. Remember yeah, that episode? Exactly. And you, or you just say, <laughs> I choose to continue to work out. I choose to continue to eat healthy. And eat the freaking cookie. You know, like I, it's, it's kind of, it's just changing it a little bit. It's really actually not that you're not doing anything differently per se, but instead of looking at yourself, like you're just, Oh, I just suck, man. I'm not a superhero. I need to become one. You know, I'm in this deficit. I'm here's what I'm saying. I am a superhero. I am the best me right now 
because I'm living in the present moment. If I'm living in the present moment, it is the best me because the best me just comes out. It exudes, right? And if I'm nerding out, well, then I'm doing what I love. I'm doing, you know, and and it's spreading joy around because, you know, when you nerd out about something, other people can't help but have joy too because you're smiling. And if I'm choosing to put out positive energy, like you said, Sarah does, then there you go. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to mess up. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have challenging times, tough times. You know, like you said, health issues that plagues people. It hurts. It sucks. I get it. I've been there. So you're going to have those moments. But do you choose to continue to be that superhero every day as much as possible? And if you mess up, correct the behavior, learn from it, move forward. Wise words from the real Brian. What do you think? Now, I mean, dude, am I on the right track here? Instead of looking of at here's what we need are. to be, just say here's what we already are. It's a good realization. Everything you've just said is, I think, accurate. It's just a matter of knowing what's right and practicing what's right are two totally different things, as we all know. Yeah. So I want to share one more thing that I think was very inspirational to me, which goes along to everything I just said. And I think this also helped me to realize everything that I just shared really quickly. Mm-hmm from the time that I stepped out of my car at the DIA parking lot to the time that I got back into my car when I arrived home, this was very, very, very interesting. Maybe I was putting out great energy because I'm on a trip. You know, I'm excited. Yay. I'm going to go do stuff I love. So maybe I was part of it. Maybe I wasn't, but people, almost every single person that I interacted with or like just saw, even observed, they were happy, Generous, respectful, talkative, etc. You know, people were rushed like at the airport, of course, or at the conference. There were people there that were, you know, they had 12 hours back to back of meetings and presentations. And I mean, so these guys were busy. It's not like they were, you know, just doing nothing and having a great vacation or anything. These people were working pretty hard. So they were rushed. They were a little stressed, but they weren't distressed and anxious and angry and pissed off because they couldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like. We've talked about this on the show. People see it all the time. I didn't experience any of that. And I just kind of went, wait, what is going on when we were, you know, in our lifts to and from the airport. And uh, we had a friend actually who is a listener to some of the golden spiral media shows. Tim. Hello. He took us for a drive out to the Giordano's pizza outside of the strip, you know, into Vegas proper, which was actually really nice. By the way, I had never seen Las Vegas outside of the strip and dang, that's nice. I just never saw road rage. I didn't experience high levels of selfishness, crazed behavior. It was really interesting. Oh, and every single Southwest Airlines employee, every single one of them, by the way, including every single Venetian employee that I saw and experienced and actually interacted with were joyful, happy, and respectful. The housekeepers, they were like, hello, sir. How are you today? And I'm going, oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm having a great day. Like you're cleaning our rooms. (laughs) Really? Wow. That was amazing. Get this. I got to share this, this crazy, crazy story, man. Southwest is amazing. Love that airline. Both my flights were significantly delayed. I've never seen that on Southwest. The return flight was crazy. We had this lady on the plane who, um, interestingly enough, had a emotional support. Great Dane on the plane. Whoa. You heard me right. The dog in took the up cab? In yeah, the cabin. Yeah. The dog took up two full seats huh. and I'm thinking like that is not a service dog. That's an emotional. The dog was actually panting and nervousness flying. I'm thinking like the dog, I think the dog needs support. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm Poor like dog. people, man, people can claim anything anymore. It's ridiculous. So this lady, I, I think must've had something. We walk in and there's just horrendous smell. 
she's like standing at the entrance of the lavatory at the front of the plane. And I love, by the way, sitting in the front row. And I was so frustrated because couldn't get the front row because for whatever reason, my quote early bird check-in only got me into the B check-in instead of the A. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> and I was like, I want to sit in the front row. I need the leg room. And you know, I couldn't. It was full. And of course, that lady and her dog were there. And so I ended up actually miraculously getting the emergency exit row. And there were only two of us there. So we plenty of room. It was great. The flights still everybody's boarded. And we're just sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I see one of the Southwest guys come in and he is like cleaning the crap out of that lavatory full on disinfecting. He's disinfecting every square inch of the door, the frame, the walls, the, I mean the actual floor itself. We're sitting on the plane before we leave. Oh, so after she was using it or the dog was using it, what she was was using it. Okay. She used it. Now I'm thinking like, what just happened? Yeah. What just happened? And everybody's starting to look and what's going on here. 30 minutes past our departure time now. And we're going, what is going on? And they're just saying, sorry, we have a little delay. We're servicing the plane. And there's this guy up there cleaning this bathroom. And I mean, literally 30 minutes, he's cleaning this bathroom. So then I go back and, you know, use the rear lav and, and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, well, one of the woman passengers, you know, really was sick. I don't, oh. I don't want a disease spread. I read outbreak the book. No, no, no. Yeah. Or the hot zone. It was called the hot zone. Hot zone Sorry. Yeah. Hot zone. I read it twice. Oh, that book scared the crap out of me, man. And I just remember like <laughs> the Ebola virus, the guy gets on, he throws up all over the plane. Then he's patient mm-hmm. zero and everybody else gets the Ebola and spreads it to their, you know, respective destinations across the world creates a global pandemic. Everybody dies. It was like, oh, this is so bad. Like it scared me so much and I will never forget the fear from that book. <laughs> And that that's what's going through my brain. Oh my gosh. She's got some crazy disease. She's throwing up. She's patient zero. We're all going to get it. We're going to go home and take to all of our family and friends and we're all going to die. And there's going to be this. I mean, no reason for this, but that's where my brain went. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And the guy next to me is actually going in for surgery. Actually, earlier this week, he went in and he's like, I can't get sick and he's flying for it. So are flying to the destination for it. And I'm thinking like, Dude, Oh my gosh, like iffy, yeah. they need to ask this woman to get off the plane. We really shouldn't be spreading diseases like this. You know, then I'm thinking, okay, well maybe she got drunk and had a hangover. Maybe it was food poisoning. It is Vegas, right? Anything could be happening. So this woman kind of destroyed the bathroom. It was, it was not a pretty sight, you know? And I'm like, I, I'm at this point now I'm starting to feel bad for the woman. Like, Oh my gosh, I wouldn't want to fly with that. Like that's just, that that's terrible. So he finally gets done cleaning it. And, you know, the flight attendants are surrounding this person. You know, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. She gets up, goes, use the bathroom. She's in there for another 30 minutes. Whoa. Is this the lady with the dog? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's the same lady. Same woman. So the lady not only has a great Dane on the plane, and I have absolutely no idea how that was allowed. Yeah. But she's the one who's getting sick in the laboratory. Twice. Twice. Gets really sick again. Takes another 30 minutes in the bathroom. We're all sitting there waiting. And I'm thinking like, dude, guys, you need to ask her to get off the plane. Send her to the hospital. Really? I mean, Southwest should have pulled her off the first time she destroyed the bathroom and said, you know, you are not fit to fly. Let's take you to the hospital. Let's make sure you're okay. Don't worry. We'll take care of you. We'll get you to your destination, but we can't put the other passengers in jeopardy. We can't hold them up. These, I mean, there were a ton of connections, by the way, connecting passengers. Yeah. So once again, she goes, destroys the bathroom again. So guess what? This guy comes back in has to do all of it all over again, completely clean the bathroom and literally disinfect it. Cause like it's a, it's a biohazard at this point. So he's yes. dis and I'm thinking like, I don't want to be on the same plane as this woman because what if she's got something serious? I'm, I'm literally at this point, I'm freaking out. 
So I'm like, I'm totally praying. I'm like, oh God, please don't let me die. Was this die. on the way there or on the way back? It's on the way home. Okay. So I'm like, please don't let me catch anything. You know, I went home and like burned all my clothes. Not really actually, but I, I like <laughs> threw everything in the wash. I've got, you know, coats at the dry cleaners. I like immediately jumped in the shower. This is just disgusting for me. Like, I, and I'm, I'm very much a germaphobe. I'm a little over the top when it comes to this, but still it was just a very inappropriate handling of the situation. But nobody was disrespectful. Every single flight attendant was still, they were all extremely joyful and happy. And the guy cleaning the bathroom, this is what inspired me. I'm thinking I would hate to be that guy. Hate, like with a passion, I would would burn myself alive rather than be that guy. I could not do that. I'd be thrown up too. More like you'd quit your job before you had to do that stuff. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I mean, he was not like he was whistling and smiling or anything like that, but he was working hard. He cleaned every square inch of everything in and out and around that lavatory twice. He didn't complain. He wasn't grumbling. He was not carrying himself in any way negative. And I just thought that guy did the one of the worst jobs ever with a positive attitude. Yeah. And it was really inspirational to me, man. I'm like, oh, again, I would not want his job, but wow. Dude, number one, good for him. Number two. I feel bad for the lady. Number three, I do, I do too. Southwest should be ashamed of themselves for letting a sick woman and a giant dog on the flight. <laughs> I know. I know. Number three, Southwest should be ashamed of themselves. And in fact, something should be done about that corporate level, or whatever, for even allowing the situation to occur in the first place. Yeah. And number four, cool story, bro. Thanks, man. I am going to write Southwest anyway. I think I need to send that feedback in and just say you didn't handle that situation properly, but the employees that were there and did not have decision-making power handled that situation impeccably. It is awesome that you looked at it that way. That's important, but it never had to happen in the first place. I know. And you know, I'll got to be honest with you. If I was that sick, I would go to Southwest and say, I am not going to put your flight, your passengers, your timeline at jeopardy. I got to go to the hospital. Please take care of me on a flight later. Like, and by the way, that. Like, I've got a giant dog and you shouldn't <laughs> let me on the plane. <laughs> oh, Come my on. Emotional Elephant support. in the room. Oh my gosh. A great Elephant ding. in the room. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if it's a Shih Tzu, sure. I can say Shih Tzu, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah no I, if I'm it's with a you. shih tzu okay if it's I, a, so if it's a you. vishla okay but not a great dane why was it there <sighs> because everybody's getting away with this emotional support no, no, animal crap no. they are no they shouldn't no, but they are they're getting away with it at starbucks it's a food establishment it could have allergy issues for people you yeah. know hairs get into food that is a health hazard oh yeah. but 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 we can't say no to emotional support animals. Yes. Get yes. counseling, yes. people. I have dogs. I love my dogs. Dogs and animals are emotional support therapy. They really are. I don't need to bring it into an establishment where they don't belong, though. Or oh, dogs need equal plane. treatment. Oh, my gosh. I would not take our dog on a plane. Of course not. You're I mean, not stupid. But it would also be like, what about the, the ear pressure? I mean, how do yeah. they mitigate ear pressure like humans? Can they? Well, Is it painful? Exactly. Then you're talking about, I mean, you know, people do have to transport their animals, you know, overseas or long distances on a plane. And But they take care of them and yeah. they, it's very specific about how they transport animals safely. They're yeah. in a cabin with us. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's okay, but I don't know. I hope the dog didn't get sick. 
Well, I hope yeah. it didn't suffer because of the stupidity of its owner. Well, like I said, when we were landing, that dog, his face was like in the aisle and he was panting hard and he looked scared to Aww. death. Poor puppy. I know. And I'm just like, like I said, this is not an emotional support dog. This is a, it looked like the dog was actually suffering more. Well, I'm glad you made it home safe and uh, didn't get sick. But let's talk fun stuff really quickly. Dude, they put us up at the Venetian. Like I said, this is Hexagon Global. Great company, man. They they are this crazy wonderfully huge company out of sweden they're global though this is our global get together everybody comes from all over the world technology it's partners and the companies they've acquired and everything like that these guys are responsible for so much of the stuff that we see today industries like mining for example they're huge in mining they're huge in like city infrastructure stuff like that so there's wow they, there's they a ton really of stuff yeah they're really all over the place but amazing amazing company really love the people we i had a great time interviewing everybody you know the people i met a lot of people international people I got to tell you, this is so funny. You know how we talked about this on the show. You know how sensitive Americans are? Especially, yeah. yeah. We're sensitive. We're politically correct. People from other countries are just not. <laughs> I mean, they're just <laughs> not sensitive. They make fun of themselves. They make fun of other people, but they're not doing it maliciously. They're just having fun. And I just like, wow, this goes so refreshing. <laughs> they just don't take everybody so seriously, you know, but they're respectful. They're never disrespectful. They're never mean. They're so wonderful. And I'm thinking like, okay, we need to take a lesson from the foreigners. In so many ways, I Brian. just want to throw that out there. There's this famous gelato <laughs> place in the Venetian. And I just want to, I didn't realize that this went all the way back to Jason Cabassi, Walking Dead cast, by the way. Jason's awesome. He and I did Heroes and Villains. I didn't realize he started this whole tradition, but there's this great famous gelato place in the Venetian. It's really, really good, by the way. And uh, Daryl and I have been going there for the past couple of years and we get it, you know, a couple of times while we're there and he started the whole thing. So thanks, Jason. Appreciate that. It was just an, a really, really nice time. The Star Wars thing. This was awesome, dude. <laughs> it's called Star Wars, the void secrets of the empire. So here's what it was. And by the way, this was in the Venetian, which made it even better because it was right across from the gelato stand. This was neat. You go in, you strap on this chest slash backpack, and then you put on a full helmet vr display so it's not just the actual visor side of the helmet it's the full full helmet these are huge casinos and so it was like this warehouse sized place with a bunch of what looked like a maze of cubicles i guess is the best way to put it it's what it looks like to the naked eye kind of thing the physical distance within these little cubicle type thingies you know where you're going in and out of doors and you're you're going through this little maze thing is exactly proportionate to what you see in the game so that you're not running into walls or anything and you can actually interact with walls and other things. Mm. And it actually leads you through this and then out the other side. It's amazing. We, you know, we're all there. We're, we're all looking at each other. We're all standing in these four corners. You pull down the visor and all of a sudden everybody is a stormtrooper. <laughs> and when you put your hand in front of you, it's a stormtrooper hand and you can actually move it around. And you like I was moving my you fingers on too. Then. No, wait. So no, just a chest and back piece and a helmet. And that's it. That's it. Weird. And that's the thing. Like my hand was my hand. And I'm looking at it and like my other hand had my watch on it. It didn't show the watch. It just huh. showed a stormtrooper hand. It was amazing. And as everybody's cool. walking around, they're all stormtroopers, you know, and, and like the height mattered. So like there was a, a woman that was with us that was a little shorter and she was, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Exactly. <laughs> so we're doing this. Of course, and, somebody had to say that. Right? And Daryl did. Of course it was great. Yeah, of course. And you get on the shuttle. I don't want to give too much away in case you're ever going to go experience this. And believe me, you do want to go experience this. <laughs> just I would tell go you. to Vegas just to experience that. I think it's a Disneyland, a Disney World as well, I want to say. Really? I've heard. I it, think it should be. Yes. So let me just Mike, say this. Let us know. It's not dizzying at all. 
It is literally like you're playing a video game. You don't have a full peripheral view like you would have with, you know, your normal eyes, but you have pretty good vision as far as that but goes. But it wasn't, it didn't get you, give you car sickness or anything like that. Not Mo- at all. Motion sickness, I not should say. Not at all. Not even close. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I was actually very surprised by that. Um, you know, you're walking, you're walking through doors, you can touch walls, you do things and, and the walls you're touching are actual, like they look like you're on a Death Star or something or on a shuttle. I mean, it's, it's weird. It looks like you're moving. You land on Mustafar from Revenge of the Sith, the lava planet. This is what oh, yeah. was amazing to me. You get off the shuttle and you walk out where there's lava and it's hot. Ah! And you're like, you feel the heat from the lava and you start feeling like, you know how like a lot of heat puts off like a bit of a tiny breeze is what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, you sure. feel that. And then the shuttle goes over you and you feel the wind go over you. Oh my gosh, Neat. this is amazing. And then you get on this moving oh, wow. platform like they were in that movie and you can look down and you see your feet and you see yourself on the platform and oh my gosh, like there's lava beneath me and you actually you're looking around and you're looking up in the sky and you just see things all or you can see. I mean, literally it's like you're standing out in the middle of this moving platform with lava Neat. is amazing. And then, you know, you have wow. some stormtrooper fights, you get the lasers and thank goodness I'm a good video game player because I got a lot of <laughs> headshots, which is really helpful. I don't want to give any more away from there in case you want to go play that, but it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, the one thing I want to know since you can't give any more away is how much did it cost? It was $35. Okay. For about 20, 30 minutes. So not, not not a long time. I wish, I wish it was more like an hour, but 35 bucks. That's a pretty reasonable in my opinion for that type of experience. You know, so this was funny. Daryl and I were just going to go by ourselves, but then we ran across two other people from the hexagon conference and we're like, Oh, whatever. It turns out that, you know, they were from Daryl's home city. We're like, no way. Well, why don't you join us? We'll go together. All right. It'll be fun. And so we four went. And that's the max that can go at a time. So that was really fun. Yeah. Really, really good time. Another cool story, bro. Thanks, man. You're full of them today. Yeah, dude. Well, what else you you got? go live life and it's amazing what happens. <laughs> that's all. Oh, oh, okay. Here's another one. Here's another one. You love Odessa. I love Odessa. The dude behind me, the plane ride home. Shout out to Alvin. He said something about, you know, what, what brings you to Denver? And I said, oh, you know, I, I live in Colorado. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Conference in Vegas. And I said, what about you? And he goes, I'm going to the Odessa concert. At Red Rocks, which happened last weekend, by the way. I'm like, travel to an Odessa concert. Isn't that awesome? Well, he's meeting a friend out there. And so, yeah, he's from San Diego. Went out with a friend to uh, meet some friends to go to the Odessa concert in Red Rocks. Pictured Red Rocks as more of a rock and roll venue, but Odessa is an electronica band. I mean, I think that would be amazing. And I was like, I love Odessa. (laughs) Like we were just talking about it on the show. Like it's going to be so awesome. So anyway, I hope Alvin had a great time. He was on the plane with me during that whole, you know, debacle. Hope he had a good time. I wanted to mention that I finally watched all of Altered Carbon on Netflix. Dude. Wow, was that better than I expected it to be. I, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. I kind of knew what it was about before going in, and I heard, heard people tell me it was really good, but that was somebody's opus. That was a very, very well-written, well-acted, well-scripted, just good all over. And 10 episodes long, one season. I don't think there will be another season because I guess it's based on a single book. It wasn't a series or anything like that, but... Hmm. If you haven't seen Altered Carbon yet, and I know I'm as usual, I'm way late to the game here. It's been out for a while. I but haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend it. Good. If especially if you like sci-fi, go see it, please. You will not, you will not regret it at all. It is definitely very R-rated, extremely violent at times, lots of gore and blood. Not that's not all what it's about, but it, I mean, it, it, there's lots of nudity, lots of blood and gore. It's very visceral. It's very carnal and whatnot. So. Definitely not for kids. Don't watch it with your kids. I've heard a lot of great things about Altered Carbon from various people, so I, I haven't watched it yet. 
I love sci-fi. I'm not somebody who enjoys the, as you said, extremely graphic, visceral, explicit type of, I just don't enjoy that. So I don't know if I would enjoy that show because of that, even though I'm sure the story is amazing. That's not all it is, but there's a lot of it. Um, And there might be too much if that makes sense. Maybe. Yeah. Speaking of good sci-fi, I've been watching Lost in Space, which I'm really enjoying. And I heard it explained really well from one of the guys when we were in Vegas was that it's one of the best family-friendly sci-fis that people have made in a long time. And I thought, Mm, that's actually a really good way of explaining it because most sci-fis are really maturely rated lately. No offense, but I'm kind of tired of that. Like, I want something that's just (laughs) good classics. Give me a good, awesome sci-fi story. I don't want to be depressed afterwards. You know, I don't want to be shock valued like, oh, crap, what was that? You know, I don't I don't need to see that because now I can't get that out of my brain. It's stuck forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's why for me, Lost in Space has been really kind of refreshing. That's cool because I'm, I've only seen the first episode. I'm going to start watching it again tonight. Good. Yeah, that's worth it. I mean, I know it's probably not as intense and, and gripping as, as Altered Carbon because I did hear that the story on that was just amazing. It was like a masterpiece. It is. And I'm sure Lost in Space isn't quite that good, but it's still fun. And Another one that I just recently discovered, which I'd never even heard of before, was called Salvation. It's interesting. It's very much a Armageddon style, you know, where, oh, my gosh, there's a meteor coming towards the earth and we got to do something about it. What network is that on? I like that stuff. I have no idea what network it's on. I just I just heard Uh, about it and I was able to watch like the half of the first episode and it was very interesting to me and I thought that could be kind of fun. So check it out. Salvation. Not sure where you can watch it. So there you go. I think it's time for us to kick it on out of here. It's Friday. Kick it. It's Friday. Good stories. Some good stories. And uh, yeah, you too, bro. Some positive messages. And I hope so. I, I hope and, everybody uh, leaves this I episode need, feeling better. And I need more coffee. You better go, man. That's right. The, you know what the music means? I do. It's time for your Folgers intake. The best intake part away. of leaving the show is not drinking my no. oh oh, oh. <laughs> all right realbryanshow.com give emily some love and we've got all those links we were talking about go watch those videos you'll be happy and thanks tony real brian show sign it up the real brian show is a production of 514 media at 514mediaempire.com